This is The Friendship File, where we flip open the blueprints behind some of the world's most important relationships, the ones we have with our friends. Two friends have each been sent the same set of questions. They've recorded their responses on their own and without consulting. Here is the combination of their answers. This time, Dorothy and Chantal. My name is Dorothy. Chantal. I live in London from Cape Town. I'm 58 I'm years 57. old. And I've known Shanti since I was about 30. Since 1976. So 45 years. Describe the very first moment you remember seeing them. I heard about her before she arrived in the class because the girls were sort of messing around in the classroom. And across the room I heard, guess who's coming to join our class? Dorothy Brink. And there were a couple of people in the class who were not happy about that. But I was immediately interested and I've never forgotten that moment. I arrived halfway through a term, so I was a bit of the odd girl out. As she walked in at the beginning of the next term. And there was this very bookish girl with lots of wild hair that she used to tie back in a big ponytail. I looked at her and I thought, hmm, this is interesting. And I remember her not being an it girl. I remember her just being a sort of studious, rather solid, I don't mean that physically, but sort of, you know, dependable, very clever class swat. And why I was so interested in Dorothy was that we were both at an expensive private school. I came from a family of very modest means. My grandmother paid for me to go to the school because I had quite a good academic record. Um, And Dorothy and I were different. We were also probably both slightly not mainstream in terms of a school. Um, I came from a family with divorced parents. And I lived with my mother who, when I was in grade one, had married my stepfather. My original father was gone and never known. Both of us struggled to find a fit within the school we were in because I was trying to be part of the it group and Shanti was part of the intellectual group. I never felt accepted. While some of the other girls came to school driven in chauffeur-driven cars or a nice Mercedes. We used to have to get up and take an hour-long school bus into town every morning and get home really late in the evening. Those of us that caught the bus were always a little bit second class. At school, we were friendly. We used to catch the bus together, I think. In a way, I connected with Dorothy because we were outsiders. But I think probably both looked at each other and quite envied each other's spaces in in our own sort of way. When did that click happen the moment you thought yeah I like you. It was interesting because we didn't hang around so much together at school but I always felt I could trust her. Um, The moment I really got to know Chantelle however was many many years after we left school 23 years after we first met bumped into Chantelle in Cape Town and we connected and we became firm family friends and our friendship really has grown from strength to strength. After school I stayed in Natal, went to university, she came to UCT, I did a three-year degree in Natal and then wanted to do a diploma at UCT and I didn't want to stay in res and I knew Dorothy was there. I got her address, I wrote to her and said, I'm coming to Cape Town, I need a digs and she said, come and live with me and that was when we really connected with one another. I actually missed a piece of our lives, which Chantelle will probably remember with a, a different perspective to me. Chantelle came and lived with me for a year when I was a student in Cape Town in my final year. What is it about them that drives you mad? That probably just hops me around to the what's it about them that drives you mad. I'd been a bit of a wild student. 
getting drunk and, and doing sort of studenty things. And Chantelle was very studiously in the library, doing library duty and uh, coming home and having a cup of tea. And that probably drove me then the most mad about Chantelle was that, that, that sort of, I wanted her to be a bit more, oh, come on, this is university. Let's just grab this opportunity and run with it. Um, one of the things that make me laugh in a frustrated way about Dorothy. She moves so easily into the position of leader. If we are traveling together, she's always three steps ahead of me around, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to stay there, we're going to do that, which in a way I sometimes relax with. I think, okay. And sometimes I feel guilty about that. Sometimes I enjoy it. Sometimes it exhausts me. <laughs> and I say this with a lot of love. What do you think it is about you that drives them mad? And I think the counter side of that is that I probably drove her most mad with my wild ways at times and uh, my penchant for a glass of wine or two too many um, and the garrulousness that comes with that and the exuberance and, and energy that comes with that. I can be indecisive. I'm weighing up too many things, faffing around. I love that she's decisive. So even though sometimes I may feel left on the back foot, the things are clear and things are sorted and I'm happy to be a follower that doesn't have to think too much. What is your thing? The thing you do when you get together? I think our thing is to talk and walk or walk and talk. We do a lot of talking when we get together. It's often over wine and great meals. She's an incredible hostess, a great cook. We eat really well. And most of it's not idle chatter, which is what I deeply appreciate about our friendship. So we often don't see each other for long periods of time, but we just pick up immediately when we see each other. We're never lost for words, uh, but it isn't words for the sake of words. And we're equally happy to be silent and contemplative or to find our own space. And I think the main thing that we do together is really affirm each other. You know, kind of despite the fact that we're a little bit on the boundary when we grew up together, talking to each other, we remind each other that we've done well, even in the moments of doubt. What are your nicknames for each other? I call Chantelle Shanti, as do many people. And fortunately, Chantelle does not call me Dot, which is what many of my school friends call when me. When she was at school, she was often called Dot or, or Dotty. Um, but I always call her Dorothy. I am Dorothy. I prefer to be Dorothy. I don't think of myself as Dot. Only a few very, very close friends of mine call me Shanti, and she's one of them. And most people spell it C-H-A-N-T-I, and she spells it with an I-E at the end. And that's quite special for me. What is their best quality? It's easy, this. Uh, and that's Chantelle's empathy, her ability to listen, and most importantly, her ability to hear. One that I deeply appreciate is her generosity. She gives beautiful gifts. She writes beautiful cards. She puts an incredible meal on the table, even if it's just me and her in her apartment in London. And this really helps me to feel special. She hears what I say to her. She understands it immediately. She gets it. She listens. And I so deeply appreciate that. And not necessarily always to fight my corner for me, but to be there for me and to understand and to be a, a solid, effective sounding board. The second important thing is her loyalty. She would stick with me through thick and thin. And a couple of times in this recording, I've used the word solid. I've used the word trust. There's something absolutely rock solid 
about Dorothy as a friend. Talk about a time they really came through for you. I think there'd be many instances, but I think the most recent and the one that sticks most firmly in my mind is my brother was diagnosed with cancer um, about uh, 18 months ago. And I was really struggling with that, having had cancer myself. I just didn't want to lose my brother to it. In that year of 1983, when we shared a little flat in Rondebosch together, it was the year of my 21st. But in those days, Cape Town was miles away. There was no Zoom. My family didn't come down for it. My sister was in Joburg. All my friends were in Durban. We had no money even to phone each other because that was so expensive. And Dorothy made a fuss of my birthday. And Chantelle, without blinking, said, I'm going to give you some support. I'm going to introduce you to somebody who I think you would be able to talk to about this and to work through some of this, and I'm going to pay for them. We went out for a slap-up afternoon tea and cake. She treated me. She made a fuss of it. She really made sure that my, my birthday was something. And Chantal, I'll never... Uh, you won't know how much that meant to me at that moment in time. Um, she was a godsend and a, and a lifeline for me whilst I just worked through what was, a, for me, a very difficult time in my life. Um, so thank you from the bottom of my heart. You really did come through for me then. Have you ever had a fight? Have we ever had a fight? I love that question because we have. We don't really fight, Dorothy and I. Um, we get touchy with each other sometimes when we're tired or if we're travelling together. Chantelle and I travelled through Europe and Chantelle had always wanted to go to Carcassonne. I didn't know what Carcassonne was. She'd researched it. She, she knew about Carcassonne and she really wanted to go to Carcassonne. She's walking too fast and I can't keep up with her and... There's sometimes a little bit of tetchiness, but we've never really argued. And we had a massive fight on the way to Carcassonne because um, it was a bit out of the route, that, the way for me in my head, which was a bit un very selfish of me, frankly. Um, and we got lost. So, yeah, I remember that. I don't remember the detail of the fight. We did make up eventually, but it was horrible. What do you envy about them? I envy Chantelle's thoughtfulness. I envy her ability to stop and think and deeply understand and get to grips with the subject before launching into something. I don't envy her anything, um, apart from sometimes her decisiveness and her clarity. And I guess that links to the other thing that I envy about Chantelle is that she has always consistently been her own person. She consistently wears sensible shoes. I don't. I sometimes do. I sometimes don't. I'm far more impetuous. Love that colour. Must have that bright pink pair of shoes. Ghastly and uncomfortable, but I must have them. But actually, what's what's been beautiful about that is that I channel her decisiveness often for myself when I'm faffing around. What have they done that has surprised you? I think that um, probably living between two continents, Chantelle now lives successfully between Cape Town and uh, Berlin. What has surprised me about Dorothy, uh, in her 50s, she has taken a look at her life and has worked on herself in a really beautiful way. I always felt Chantelle would be a Durban girl, she'd stay in Durban. That's always surprised me, the international cosmopolitan Chantelle that has emerged in her late life. Dorothy took a hard look at her life and she 
faced her demons in a brave and, and very elegant way. She looked at her relationship with her daughter, she looked at the relationship with her parents, and she looked hard at herself, and she looked at what was her stuff, and she looked at what was their stuff, and she cleaned up her boundaries, and she did it with a sense of determination, and came to appreciate and love herself in a way that I think her childhood hadn't allowed her to do. That has surprised me, and it's something I very much admire and appreciate. When are they at their happiest? Probably when she's reading deep in a book um, or in the kitchen, cooking up something for her family or her friends and perhaps walking, getting out there and, and, and seeing people. She's at her happiest when she is gathering family and friends around her, producing a beautiful meal, setting the table, creating a real uh, sense of home around food and good wine. And I think it's probably because she didn't have a whole lot of that when she was growing up. She's just brought it into her life with such beauty and such generosity. If they were a food, what food would they be? <laughs> I, said, I said a nutty, crunchy, crisp, healthy, flavourful, thoughtful salad. I'm not sure there's such a thing as a thoughtful salad. Beautiful roasts and veggies and exactly the right wine and a bottle of champagne and then the wine with dinner and then a good red and nice cheese and seed crackers and dark chocolate. Lots of ingredients and bits and pieces and nuts and seeds and just fresh and it has integrity and I think actually that's a word I would use to describe Chantal integrity. She, that salad would have great integrity and it would always be healthy for you because Shanti is very conscious of one's health and, and how one looks after oneself. I would think of like a three-course meal with wholesome flair attention to detail. Is there anything you've always wanted to apologise to them for or to explain but have never got round to it? I now am sorry that I probably wasn't as nice to you as I might have been at school or as friendly to you as I might have been at school. I was very obsessed with being one of the it girls, which I never was going to be. But anyway, I couldn't see that at the time. Well, I could see it at the time, but I kept trying. Just before Dorothy left Cape Town, she stayed for a little while at the Vineyard Hotel. And she invited me one day to see her there and to go to the spa for a massage and then had sort of a cup of tea and dinner. I can't remember what else we did. Afterwards, I thought... Oh my God, because it was very expensive. Maybe I was meant to offer to pay. Maybe it was just come for a massage with me. But she paid for it all. As you grow older, those things are so irrelevant. And our friendship is so much deeper and it's built on so many stronger, more important aspects than that. But so yeah, Shanti, I'm sorry if I wasn't always the nicest person to you at school and if I sometimes treated you with less than the respect that you deserve. And I've always felt really awkward about that and also awkward about raising it. Um, so what I did was compensate by paying for other things later and saying, oh, but you treated me to the massage, so I'm going to treat you to this. So that was kind of an awkward, awkward moment. If they suddenly disappeared from this world, what is the one thing that you would lose that you cannot get anywhere else? 
I, I, yeah, I don't want to think about that. But if Shanti ever had to leave before I do, um, I would miss her integrity, her sense of self, and most importantly, her ability to truly hear me. The one thing that I'd like to say to her is that you, Dorothy, have always been so there for me, so unwavering, so loyal, that I've known I've always been able to trust you. I can always talk to you about stuff and laugh about it. Chantal doesn't just listen. She hears you. She really gets it. And I think that is a true gift and, for me, one of the most important aspects of my friendship with her. And this sort of unwavering support that I feel from you, you also extend to my family. So my girls are always, always on your radar and you care about them. And I just know that if anything happened to me, they would be really safe with you. So this kind of unwavering presence in my life that's gone back so many years um, is very important to me and very, very precious so Shanti my friend thank you for listening before anyone else heard the answers to the questions the friends got a chance to listen to each other and to react listening to Dorothy and I talk about and to each other had me smiling. I could not believe that anybody had heard of me before I went to school with Chantelle. And I don't believe anybody ever said, guess who is coming to Durban Girls College? Even the funny parts, like the fight in, around Carcassonne, which I had completely forgotten about. I mean, we were trying to find a bloody huge medieval city and we couldn't find it the, the apology made me laugh i mean apology for the fact that i bought you a, a massage apparently and i don't know what you're talking about i'm sure it was entirely intentional that i bought all of those things for you to say thank you for your unwavering support there was something about this trip through our history together that felt really acknowledging and affirming of ourselves and each other. I was very, very touched with the concept that we affirm each other. Yes, we do. And I think that that's vitally important to have that affirmation. Listening to our history and listening to us talk about each other brought me to a place of knowing her better, even better than I've known her over all these years and that feels very significant that feeling that one is valued and that one's friendship and one's investment and and one's love is valued is always important so this experience has deep meaning for me seeing myself through her eyes in a way i saw myself differently whatever happens i'm here and there'll always be a roast chicken on the table come sunday lunch lots and lots of love Thank you, my friend, for this important and moving experience. Thank you for listening to this edition of The Friendship File. Search for us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you use, and please subscribe, rate, review, and share. 
Visit thefriendshipfile.com to find out more and to see pictures of the friends. And if you'd like to get in touch, especially if you and a friend would like to take part in a future episode, then email hello at thefriendshipfile.com. The music is by James Lancaster, who is one half of Walkring, and you can find them on Spotify or Apple Music. The Friendship File is a podcast production. Till next time, goodbye. <laughs>